What's up, everyone? This is Jason and John, and you're listening to the Jelly Cards Podcast. As the hobby continues to grow, collectors and investors are able to take advantage of a player's market in order to walk away with a profit. But what actually drives a player's market? Is it hype built up around that player? Is it the current stats that player is putting up during their season? Or could it simply be FOMO? the fear of missing out on that player's potential success. These are all possibilities, but find out what John and I have to say in this week's episode. And hey, sit back, relax, and let's roll that music. Welcome back to the Jelly Cards Podcast, where John and I are spreading the love of the hobby. This is episode 14, and before we even get into it, last week, after uh, last week's episode, we hit up some card shops, and man, I'm still on that high of like us go <laughs> us going to Baseline and Schaumburg, mm-hmm. and seeing all those beautiful PSA slabs. Sitting in the case. It's been a while since we went to baseline. I mean, it's been a while since you and I went to some card shops because obviously, like you said previously, we've been, you've been on a hiatus. And truthfully, I haven't bought a card in I don't know how long because it's all been like comics for me right now just to read. But, uh, man, I, I love it. Me too. I love buying cards. It's the best. It's an amazing feeling. It's like a rush. Yeah, and they, uh, like I said, you know, we haven't been to Baseline in a while, so it was nice, you know, because we hit up some some other card shops. But I first off, we drove all the way up to Waukegan, which for us is like that's at least like a fifty minute ride, mm-hmm. and we were gonna go to Jim and Steve's uh, card shop. That's yes, in Waukegan, Illinois, and we pull up. And they were closed. Uh, it was the worst. Just yeah. gated garages uh-huh. down. Yep. Paper paper sign on there that says, you know, sorry for the inconvenience, but we're closed. Yeah. And it was the biggest bummer because even though like we, you know, have mixed feelings about the the shop, uh, we love going there. I mean, yeah. honestly, if you're looking, if you're in the market for buying cards, whether it's vintage, graded, modern whatever it is, go to Jim and Steve's. Their inventory is unreal. Absolutely. Yeah. And like we, I, mes- I mentioned that one in uh, Southern Illinois to you guys the other day, but in terms of our region, quote unquote, within an hour drive of us, Jim and Steve's by far have the best inventory that we've seen in yeah. our opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got the, uh, the Buster Posey rookie mm-hmm. card, that uh, gem too. I bought it raw from them, and then it came back and jumped. Nice. And the um, I know you said that's where you got your Russell Wilson, too. Yep, the Russell Wilson came from there. Uh, my Christy Mathewson came yep. from there as well, which I was shocked when they said that they had one. I think you're John Morant and uh, Trey Young, too, right? Yep. My Yeah, both that came back nines. <laughs> yeah, I remember well, those. back when the card boom was happening, nines were really good prices, so that's why I bought it from them. Exactly. Now, uh, now at um, Trey Young PSA nine rated rookie optic, uh, sells for like pff, maybe twenty bucks if, if that. Yeah, Woof. it used to it used to be eighty plus. Damn, sorry, Jason. <laughs> oh yeah, and I I paid forty dollars for it raw, man. Damn, been yeah. there. Plus graded it. Oh yeah, that's a major major loss. But hey, I'm gonna hold on to it. He could end up being a future Hall of Famer Interesting. With, the, with the way he plays. I mean, he he, he could go down as one of the best shooters. At okay. Least. Okay. Calm down. We need to don't talk about how Trey Young plays. I hate the way Trey Young plays. Oh, yeah. He's good. I like Trey Young. I hate him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a good moxie about him. Yeah, kiss my moxie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just uh, let the viewers know, though, because I know you, you bought some cards when we were at baseline. I... I picked up two cards. Um, obviously, last episode we ended uh, talking about Bo Bichette and uh, Louisa Rice. And lo and behold, <laughs> what did Baseline have? Was a Bo Bichette Topps Chrome Prism Refractor in a PSA 10 
priced beautifully and you lit you pointed it out right away and i'm like i have to have that card like how <laughs> can I, how can i talk about boba Shet on the podcast and then pass up a boba Shet card psa 10 too psa 10 prism refractor too which is which is great because if the market heats up that's going to be an awesome card to have Completely uh, agree and then i finally finally got a russell wilson rookie card Mm-hmm. Football raw. rookie card. Yeah, fo- <laughs> yeah, football rookie card. Raw. It was his uh, Bowman. Uh, no, what was it? Top, top Bowman Platinum. Tops Platinum. What did uh, I buy? <laughs> Tops Chrome Platinum, I think. Uh, something like that. And uh, it was raw, and we're sending it in to get graded. And I, it's a jelly uh, contribution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, but let the viewers know what you bought, because you, you, I know you got some really cool cards. Yeah, so I was there. Was uh, shout out to Baseline and Schaumburg. If anyone in their crew listens to our podcast, thank you guys for always having, like Jason said, good inventory and the prices on these slabs, especially and even the raw cards and wax. We always think is pretty fair. So I bought. I was going back and forth with four cards, but I ended up buying three. So my three slabs that I bought were. All rookie cards, and all of them were graded PSA 10s. The first slab that I bought was a Freddie Freeman 2011 Tops, uh, just quote-unquote flagship, as people say, just like the the base rookie of Freddie Freeman in a PSA 10. And then I bought the 2018 Tops Ronald Acuna Jr. throwback Thursday rookie in a PSA 10 because Ronald Acuna Jr. is an amazing player, and he's having an incredible year. Uh, record-breaking year. Yeah. Oh my God. We need to uh, dedicate an episode to. No we, no, we don't. Yeah, we do. No, I'm, we don't. Because I'm, I'm, I'm just getting so annoyed by it. No. Whatever. So, and then my final purchase and my happiest purchase, Jason, I bought the 2018 Tops Archives Shohei Otani rookie in a PSA 10. Those are my three purchases. I was. I was going back and forth with adding the fourth card, which was a Ron Santo rookie. And I, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know how much I love my vintage. I have a Ron Santo rookie, but it's just super low grade. I got it years ago, many years ago, back when I first started collecting sports cards. I got that card raw for, I think, 10 to $15. But it's, it's pretty worn. It's probably like a two or a three, to be honest. So baseline has one in a PSA seven. And I was really, really tempted because I've kind of, I told you guys, I've shifted my focus from collecting quote unquote, modern baseball cards and diving in heavily into my love of vintage. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of put it upon myself that I want to buy vintage rookies in a seven or higher. And that makes that, freaking conquest extremely difficult and extremely expensive yeah so when i saw that psa 7 ron santo rookie and on top of the on top of that he's a cub and one of the most famous cubs in our history i wanted it but i I pumped the brakes i i decided not to spend too much money diving back into cards and i bought those three slabs yeah and yeah like you said perfectly uh, it's so nice going to card shops, card shop hopping, as we like to call it, and finding good value on slabs, raw cards, interacting with uh, the people who run the shop. And it's I, I missed it a lot. And it was it's a great high to have back in my life. Yeah. And they had some uh, I'm I'm happy that I had some self-control because uh, they had a lot of cards there. So. I'm I'm with you in the sense that I'm kind of leaning more towards getting away from the investment side of the hobby and wanting to collect just things that I would like to have just like displayed, you know, on my desk where I do all like our like content videos and do our eBay listings and stuff. And they had they had a Corey Patterson. Oh yeah. In a PSA 10, which was awesome. When I was growing up as a kid, because I when I played baseball, I was a center fielder. And so Corey Patterson was one of my favorite players because he was a center fielder for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had his rookie card, PSA 10. They had an Adam Dunn yeah. 
rookie PSA 10 too, which I have his raw card that I bought from there. And the PSA 10 was only like 10 bucks. I should have <laughs> just bought it. To be you totally should have bought it because they give you the 10% off anyways. If you, you know, um, and then they had, which I have been searching for for the longest time, but I've <laughs> never, I've never actually just did it. They had a, a Todd Halton rookie card, in a, mm-hmm. but it was a PSA eight though. And that's yes. the only reason why I didn't do it. I um, want, it was, it was priced at 20 bucks. It probably would have been a great deal, but I at least want a nine or higher. A 10 is probably out of the realm. I would have to pay a lot of money for that. Well, not a lot, but more than I'd want to. Right. But a nine is a little, it's probably like, I don't want to get an eight. You know, I would much rather have a better grade than an eight. I mean, if it came down to it and I did it, but I passed it up (laughs) and it was sad. (laughs) No, it's okay. (laughs) It was was sad. You're just doing what I'm saying that I, for my personal collection, I have minimum grades that I want on cards. And I would, I agree with you. It's a freaking, it's a sweet card because it's kind of like the throwback him in his USA uniform Mm -hmm. rookie card. But I, I, I'm proud of you for having constraint and not just buying any card you see which sometimes admittedly happens yeah i mean it was hard i mean to you know they also had a pat burrell rookie card in there too Uh which again i have one but like it just to to see to see some shops like when you walk in and then you know like like we've talked about in a previous episode you know value doesn't always mean the dollar signs you know value to to some people is an Adam Dunn rookie card PSA 10. Yeah, Corey Patterson you know, too. Because those are just now you're you're talking about sentimental value. You're talking about players that you grew up and you were huge fans of that probably nobody else was. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying nobody was a fan of Corey Patterson or Adam Dunn or Pat Burrell, but like to me that would be an awesome card to have in my collection just because I was big fans of them. You know, when I would play and will be the show or any other baseball games, you know, I would always do fantasy drafts. I'm always drafting Pat Burrell and Adam Dunn on the team <laughs> awesome. or making trades for them. Like they were just, you know, that that's what I did. And that's what I remember. So when I look at those cards, it's like, I, I want that. I have I, to have it. <laughs> you know? And then you <sighs> what? ruined my life. I didn't do anything. Yes, you did. Wow. What, what did you tell me yesterday? Oh, uh. My bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, tell tell the viewers what how you just made me instantly go right back on eBay and start buying his cards, which I already did. Okay, yeah, you're being a clown. So you just you just finished saying buy the cards that, the players that you like and the players okay. that you love. But he but that's like that's no, I bought that as an investment. That's oh, not okay. like a it's that's not like a, I need to have his card. Okay. Well, I told Jason yesterday that um, we've talked about it on a previous episode that we have some Brendan McKay. Uh, hey, don't laugh. You're laughing at yourself, you clown. I, I know I am. <laughs> we have Brendan McKay slabs in our Jelly Cards inventory. And I sent just a snippet of some news that I was reading about Brendan McKay that he is currently, he just, he had Tommy John surgery. He's, for people who don't know who Brendan McKay is, he was a first round pick. In fourth the ten- overall. Yes, fourth overall by the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Rays, Jason's second favorite team, or maybe his favorite team. Who knows about this guy? Anyway, <laughs> Brendan McKay had Tommy John surgery. He is a two-way player, as in similar to Shohei Otani. No one is identical to Shohei Otani, Jason. Yeah, he could be better. Okay, yeah, sure. Anyway, he had Tommy John surgery. The Rays said that they're shutting him down for 2023. They released him at the end of November 22, and then they brought him back, and he shut down for 2023 in hopes that he will have a like smooth, clean comeback for 2024. I sent that to the Jelly Cards <laughs> group chat, and then I don't even – maybe within an hour or two, <laughs> we, got, we got a text from Jason saying, hey, uh, I sent an offer on a McKay card, and the guy accepted. So I got a McKay – Tell tell Jason, tell them uh, it's a good investment. It's in my actually opinion. it's actually a pretty sweet card, right? Because um, so it's a first Bowman Chrome Auto Brendan McKay, but it's graded in a BGS 
pristine 10 out of 10. So the card got a 10 and the auto got a 10. So it's actually a really sweet card to have. Exactly. Um, It's, it was literally 0.5 away from being a black label. Yes. So all of you who are into cards or in and know that a pristine 10 is tough to get. If you're not into sports cards and grading BGS usually always gives 9.5s for what they consider to be a perfect card. And they rarely give BGS pristine 10s and then black label 10s for any card. And now Jason bought one for a pretty great price of Brendan McKay. So, yeah, yeah, it was, I was actually, I mean, I watched it because like, like we've said before, I mean, I just watch cards just to see if they're going to send me an offer because I'm always just interested. Well, let's see what they, what they offer me, you know, and then if I'm able to counter offer, it's even better. Yes. So a lot of times people will send you offers, but you can't counter it. So if I don't like the offer, I just decline it, whatever. Me too. Um, but this one was, I was able to counter. So I'm like, well, let me go look up what was the last price sold. And I'm like, okay, this one had free shipping. I'm like, I'll put this amount on. And yep, sure enough, he accepted it. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden we got Jason out here yelling at me like it was my fault. It is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault. You're welcome. You, you should you know, be thanking me. Because now I have, I have, there's another one. It's a, it's not an auto, but it's a, <laughs> it's a refractor first Bowman Chrome of his in a pristine 10. And uh, the last one sold was for like $5.50. Oh, my God. So I'm watching one. And <laughs> if it goes again for like 5 bucks, I'm, of course I'm buying it. Yeah. See? All right. You're, you're welcome. Again. <laughs> yeah. But here's it. So I was reading. Uh, I don't know if I read the same article as you. Poor Brendan McKay, by the way. We're Okay. First off, yeah. we'll eventually get into the topic. But I, <laughs> we're going way off here. Um, poor Brendan McKay. What a rough, rough MLB career for this kid. Absolutely. I mean, he's not even a kid anymore. He's been he's been out of the game for so long. He's not even a kid anymore. Yeah. You know, he uh, like we said, he was a first round pick. He was a fourth overall two way player. Uh, it was what twenty seventeen, right? I think so. So he was even be well, who? When was Shohei? Was he twenty eighteen? The, he his cards are in 2018, but he's got some in 2017 too. I think. But was he in the was he in the MLB in 2017, mm, or was it 2018 when he when he actually got signed? That's a great question. I think 2018. So so then Brendan McKay coming in as a two way player. That's probably why he got drafted so high, and he was actually hitting home runs in the minors. He has some home runs. Mm-hmm. So he had some decent pop, but I know the Rays were trying to push him more towards the pitching side rather than letting him bat. Uh, but then, unfortunately, I mean, he did make it to the majors. He had some good strikeout ratios. However, uh, injury after injury, I think he's already had like two season-ending injuries. Yeah, and two surgeries. I think he's had three total injuries. Two of which were season enders, and I think two now required um, surgery. Yeah, he's gone through a lot. And yeah, but mm-hmm. like we've said before, until these players are officially done, done, and they announce that they're giving up on baseball or that teams are just refusing to send offers, there's still hope in the in your yeah. card investments. Mm-hmm. And he's only. 24, 25 years old. He's no, not. No, he's, like... he's uh, higher. Than, I think he's like 27, 28 now. Really? I think so. I think he might be around 27 if you want to look it up. Yeah, you're right. He's 27. My bet. Yeah. But, but still, that's young. Yeah, exactly. It's young, not like he's right? he's 40. <laughs> no, it's it's not like, yeah, he's in his 30s. And like, no, he's here's the thing. All he needs to have is one great season. If he gets called up, especially if they allow him to bat and he mm-hmm. bats well and pitches well, these cards that you, we're buying at five dollars twenty dollars he was he was you uh when we first got into this i remember you guys put an offer on one of his cards i I think eric offered like our uh bid for like a hundred dollars on one of his cards i remember it was a bgs it was a bgs card too back when we wanted beckett graded cards so like that he he had the market the market was there for him you know, so I think I think it could be an easy bounce back. Amen. Uh, hell yeah, I, th- I I support the purchase. I'm I'm happy for you, and welcome to the 
the addicted to cards club. Hey, we just need more. Yeah. Hey, thank I could, I know I could talk you into it because I've talked you into it before. Absolutely. Yeah. What the hell? All yeah. that happens all the time. If I, if I would have bought every single Brendan McKay card that I've uh, either sent an offer on or received an offer on, I would have like SGC 10 Gypsy Queen. Okay. Well, <laughs> thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It would have been bad. It would have been bad because I, uh, I sent an offer on a, on a Gypsy Queen SGC 10. Oh, that poor bastard is looking back and crying. He said, yep. I should have just accepted whatever this idiot sent me. <laughs> but let's, all right, let's finally move into the topic because I wanted to elaborate more on what we ended off on last episode. So last episode, I asked you the question of, do you think a player's like current stats, like during that uh, particular season actually drives that player's market? Meaning, like we referenced Bobochet and Luis Arise, does is because Bobochet's having a great season. Does is that going to make his market actually go up, or is it, or is there other factors that go into what really drives a player's market? Because in my opinion, when you look at Bobochet's numbers, granted, maybe his market's r- risen like a few dollars, but for a guy who's having the season that he's having. And you could still buy his, you know, some of his base rookies or his, you know, kind of um, lower valued rookies at these very low prices. To me, it just doesn't make sense, especially when you look at prospects, you know, prospects who are in the minors who haven't even proven themselves yet. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, they're proving themselves in the minors, but when it comes to the majors, I mean, there's a huge difference. There's a big gap there, you know, and, Sure, you got players like Ellie who can come up and, man, just get off on this. Keep keep the hot streak going. Same with J-Rod. But other players who are currently, you know, who have lower markets, who are playing well, it's just not adding up the way it does with others. So um, if you could just elaborate on it a little bit more, because like, like I said, we, we kind of rushed through it last episode. But just give me your opinion on what do you think actually drives a player's market? Yeah, so I said it on the last last episode, and I will say it again. Uh, actually, you said it, and then I repeated it. It's actually kind of sad when you think about all these players in the MLB who like busted their tails to get to the MLB, and they're having success in professional baseball. Their card market does not reflect their play, in my opinion. When you compare it to potential you compare it to prospect cards of players who are stuck in the minors uh, stuck may be a tough word they're working their way through the minors and those prospect cards are outselling people like Bo. they're outselling people like wander they're outselling people like luis robert and it's it's pretty frustrating but at the end of the day that's how this hobby works I think to answer the question and kind of elaborate, it's a mixture of player performance, but most of all, it's usually driven by hype. If if you are a rookie, like for example, I feel like Corbin Carroll, his card market is pretty hot, and there's a player on Boston. I'm trying to think of his name. What's the who's the Boston um, international player? I think he's from Japan. Oh, uh, Yoshi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoshida or something. Right, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, so something like that. Yeah. Those rookie cards of like potential rookie of the years, I feel like those cards mar- card markets are more expensive, quote unquote, than players who are making a really strong push for MVP in the NL, because AL I think is wrapped up already. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, so established players who are making push uh, making a push for MVP even those cards in my opinion don't have as hot of a market as rookie cards who are making a push for rookie of the year and what do you think about that cuz do you agree or do you think that it's what's your opinion and your elaboration cuz like you said we didn't get to dive into it because we were running out of time on the last episode what are your thoughts on what drives a player's card market and then on top of that do you think it's fair or like kind of explain what you would do when you, when you search for cards on eBay? 
So, I mean, I truthfully, I think it's, I think it's hype. I think a lot of it's on hype. I think a lot has changed in the uh, way that people approach the baseball card market because now it's all about prospects. And I think a lot of that has to do with what you're seeing the sales end at. You know, we've said it a, a many, many times about, you know, sometimes collectors or investors are, are blinded by the dollar signs. They're blinded by the fact that Jackson Holiday is selling for over $1,000. Why would you not want to invest in Jackson Holiday cards, you know, instead of like, instead of like Bo Bichette, who, yeah, is having a great year, but he's selling for, you know, you can buy his cards at 20 bucks. Well, no one's, <laughs> no one's running out and buying Bo Bichette tops Chrome rookies raw. You know what I mean? Or no one's going to want to open up that, you know, that 2020 tops Chrome set because the, the money's just not there. Sure. Mm-hmm. If you pull an auto, but like you, like you say all the time, well, you might as well just buy the auto. Why are you going to buy the box? Exactly. And I think I think a lot of that has to do with that hype around these players that I can buy into these prospects and have potential of you know quadrupling my money or quadrupling my investment rather than looking at these current players who, in my opinion, it should be flip flopped. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're in the majors and you're playing well and you're one of you're an elite player. How is it that your market is not over a thousand dollars? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at some prospects like you know we we both do this. We're constantly looking at prospects. We're going through the top one hundred list, going outside of it, looking at a player's market. Do you know how many times I'm I, I find a player and go, oh man, their market their market has to be low, and then I look on eBay and I go, what the <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean? And it totally throws you off because it's like whoa, like. There's no way everybody's thinking the way I am right now. I like I thought I found this gem of a player, but everybody else has found it too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I like that you brought up Luis Robert too because I wanted to talk about Robert, especially because he was a player that when we formed Jelly, you know, we formed it in 2020. Him and Bo Bichette were the guys when it came to rookie cards. Yeah, they were the players to to uh, get. And Luis Roberts' uh, market used to be awesome. I mean, his top his top series rookie card, his flagship rookie card, as you say, used to be over a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You know what that sells at right now? Twelve twelve bucks. Good God, less than the cost of grading. Yep, twelve dollars. It w- it was once over a hundred dollars. It now sits at twelve dollars. Damn. His his tops chrome you can get for like twenty bucks and that I mean just even what like last year that used to be like a seventy dollar card, <laughs> but let me read you Luis Roberts stats because finally he's having a healthy season that was a big that was a big bummer about him you know he couldn't stay healthy but so far he's having a healthy season he's batting a two seventy six on base percentage of three thirty six slugging five eighty man. He has an OPS of 916. He's got 25 home runs. He's only behind Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. So it goes Otani and then Luis Robert. He's got 49 RBIs and 20, uh, 22 doubles. He finally made it to his first All-Star. He got selected for the All-Star team. And he's going to be a home run derby participant. Oh, yeah. Instantly, when I saw he was going to be a home run derby participant, light bulb went in my head. And I was like, Julio Rodriguez. Yep. Shout out to you for that because that was a great point by you in the jelly chat. And what happened with Julio Rodriguez and his market after the home run derby? To the moon. <laughs> Skyrocketed because mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh my God, who is this kid? Yeah. Who is this rookie who's cranking home runs the way he is? He makes it to the final round. Granted, he lost, but nobody. That put Julio Rodriguez on the map. He was already a top rookie or a top prospect, mm-hmm. but that put him on the map. So I'm kind of hoping that it, this happens with Luis Robert as well. Because like. if you're, if you're, oh, sorry to call, um, cut you off. If you're in the market for Luis Robert cards right now, so his 2020 Topps Chrome Prism Refractor rookie in a PSA 10, one just sold for $67.66. Damn. His uh, 2018 first Bowman Chrome Mega Refractor, which is, of course, one of our favorite uh, refractors to collect. J. 
John's favorite. <laughs> yeah. And a PSA 10, $78. Damn. Yep. A 2018 first Bowman Chrome green refractor out of 99 graded PSA 10 sold for $233.50. Back in April, April 14th, Jackson Holiday had an out of 99 green refractor PSA 10 sell for $255. That's what I was just looking up while you were saying that. <laughs> so, so Luis Robert, who's who just made the All Star team, home run derby participant. Second in the AL in home runs, just had a green refractor sell for two thirty three, but Jackson Holiday back in April had one sell for two fifty five. Which who even knows? Because Holiday's just lighting it up in the minors. Who even knows where it's at right now? Because none haven't haven't recently sold. I'm searching actually while you're talking, and his uh, at the end of April, April thirtieth, a green PSA ten of Jackson Holiday, three hundred and seventy four dollars. Yeah, there you go. God. And then uh, he then this one this one's a, a big one. So his 2018 first Bowman Chrome Auto, this one was graded a PSA 10. They also graded the auto, so it was a PSA 10 out of 10. Oh boy! Sold for 450 dollars. What? So you remember last episode we talked Damn. about that Jackson Holiday first Bowman Chrome Auto that was uh, on auction. Did you did you see where that one ended? No, actually. So it sold for $1,275. Base auto. Base auto. First Bowman Chrome. Just, just in a PSA 10, the auto wasn't graded. God. But Luis Robert had, had a first Bowman Chrome with the auto graded, both 10 out of 10, 450. Wow. He's an all-star. Yeah, absolutely. And former rookie of the year. Former rookie of the year. Yep. And <laughs> yep, Jackson Holiday somehow... <laughs> Granted, yes, he's having an amazing year in the minors, mm-hmm. in high A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what what is your what are your thoughts on that? So if you if you look at Luis Roberts market or if you look at Jackson Holiday's market, which one would you rather buy into? And and what's and what's driving those markets? So once again, amazing delivery by you. I we feel I feel like I should I should reach out to my my friend Marvin, who's a fellow sports card collector, because that's what he always preaches to me. He invests, he chooses to invest heavily into into established MLB players because it's so ridiculous, but also fun, in my opinion, that the prospect market is is <laughs> this is bad. We probably shouldn't be talking about this because that's what we invest in is Bowman. It's kind of overpriced in in my opinion if um if i'm being sincere and i'm being as honest as i can with people who listen to our podcast i'm with you jason and i'm with marvin too if i'm buying into players for the long term and it's for people who i think build my collection who i hope are going to become mlb hall of famers i'm going to get enshrined in cooperstown and i want their cards in the best condition and the best grades I want established MLB players. And that's why I bought Acuna and Freddie Freeman. And Otani, of course, because, yeah, we don't even have to talk about Otani. And that's why I messaged you guys, and I got yelled at by Eric, that I I want Goldschmidt cards, and I've talked about Goldschmidt cards before. And I want Arenado cards, and Eric's going to yell at me again because they're both Cardinals. (laughs) But they didn't start their careers as Cardinals. Yeah, I got yelled at for Robert. Yeah, exactly. And we have his cards. We do. So another thing you forgot to mention for Robert that I hope you would, he's third in war and wins above replacements this year or for, for hitters. I, not, I think I'm excluding Otani because he's, he has a combined war. It goes Acuna Jr., Wanda Franco, and then Luis Robert is third overall in war, wins above replacement. So sorry, I'm getting a little bit off topic again, no, but it's, it's, it's unfair in terms of like who deserves to be at a higher price in my in our opinion or in my opinion especially i feel like luis robert acuna jr franco bobachet shohei those people those cards should be worth multiples yeah. multiple mm-hmm. times the amount of jackson holiday's cards but again tying it all in people are willing to spend more money on potential because they think that once they come to the majors, they're going to have Julio Rodriguez, Ellie De La Cruz, Corbin Carroll, if you'd like, Adley. They're going to have that 
spark happen and those those $350, $375 green Jackson holiday card right now, when they get to the majors, might be worth like a grand. Or if you're freaking – if I sent you guys that offer that I got for the, <laughs> the Otani purple that I was watching. Mm-hmm. Purple non-auto refractor Otani. I was watching that card, and I got an offer for $6,500. People think that these prospect cards are going to become that price, and I get it. I understand it, but at the same time, I don't support it as a collector. As a cards business, I think we agree it's it's wonderful to be a part of. It's fun to buy into these prospect cards and watch them make their way to the majors and kind of go off, but yeah, we... We've it's fun to elaborate on this stuff because in my collector opinion, it's unfair. But from the hobby standpoint, in terms of like what makes this hobby fun and what drives the hobby, I it is what it is. Like I, I totally get it as a like it's always potential. It's always, always, always potential. And I, I looked up that player that I was talking about and you were right, it's um it's Yoshida. Masataka Yoshida. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie, but he's like, he's, I don't know if you know this, but he's 29. He's almost yeah. 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And his card market is pretty, is pretty expensive too, because uh, there's currently a raw Mega Box rookie, because he is inside 2023 Bowman Mega Boxes. Yellow Refractor that's bidding with multiple days left. It's at $90. So already a raw Yoshida is worth more than some PSA 10 Luis Robert rookie cards. So again, it's it's always hype. It's always going to be, this guy could become a superstar. This guy could become a Hall of Famer. This guy could become Rookie of the Year. Could become Home Run Derby Champion. And people want to buy into that. And that's what makes this hobby fun for me, in my opinion, as a as a business hobbyist. But at the same time, We've preached this a thousand times now in the podcast episode. I've fallen victim to it, but it's become a research point for me now. It's become a research just click in my head that when I see card prices getting kind of crazy, I take a step back and I look into their previous values. I look into their stats. I look into their market potential, where their market used to be, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, it's it's a winded answer in that Again, stats play a part, but most of the time, the value on sports cards is driven by hope. It's driven by potential. It's driven by what could happen instead of what's actually happening, in my opinion. So so let me ask you this then, because um, I made a post about uh, uh, Bobachet and Wander Franco. And, you know, I put their both their Topps Chrome rookie cards. I put what they're selling in a PSA 10. And I was like, you know, basically, which card would you rather have? Who do you think is going to have the better bounce back, you know, market? And our, oh, it wasn't on that actually post. It was on the other. It was on the audio clip that I put on Bo Bichette. And somebody actually uh, commented on it and said, Bo Bichette's a great player, but he's not flashy enough. <laughs> And instantly I, I went back and I was like, well, that's actually a good point because you said it about Ellie. You know, Ellie's flashy. He's he, The things that he's doing right now in, in the majors is getting him media attention. Mm-hmm. He already has the media attention because he was a highly anticipated prospect getting called up. But the fact that he's actually coming into the majors and kind of continuing, you know, people are looking, looking past all the strikeouts that he has already. But uh, – <laughs> It's the flashiness of him. And I think that, you know, people aren't looking at Bo Bichette and Luis Robert. People probably don't even realize that Luis Robert has 25 home runs. Right. They probably don't even realize Bo Bichette's batting a 315. (laughs) You know, so they're, they're they're getting caught up with, you know, obviously Shohei is always in the news. Ellie is always in the news. Um, you know, all these other players, Acuna always in the news, you know, it, I, it, these other players kind of fall under the radar. So my question to you is like, wh- what needs to happen for Luis Robert to kind of get back to where he used to be? Or do you think his market is ever going to get back there? Like, do you think Luis Robert is a good buy right now, especially leading into the all-star week? 
because he's an all-star and he's about to participate in the home run derby. You know, what needs to happen for Robert to get that bounce back market? Phenomenal point. Because, yeah, I, like uh, we, we talked about it on the last episode, too, that it does shout out to whoever commented on that video because that's an amazing point. It's mm-hmm. all flashiness, quote unquote, or basically the ability to make yourself a highlight reel kind of player like Ellie is, like Acuna Jr. is, like Shohei obviously is. That ties into, um, God, I guess you could tie it into potential. It ties into the the whole influence that media, social media especially, has on the cards market. To answer your question, this popped into my head when you asked it. I also feel like on top of flashiness that can boost the player's card market, it also extremely heavily is influenced by team success, which angers me because, again, we've talked about it before, the whole MVP thing and the Yankees making the playoffs last year and Angels mm-hmm. not. I think because Acuna Jr. is on, obviously, uh, his stats are incredible, but he's also on the Braves who are dominating the NL. They also, I think they set the record for most, uh, or tied the record for most all-star selections. Mm-hmm. I think so, they have like eight or nine. Bingo. So Atlanta, who else did you say? Uh, Ellie, the, the the Reds are now getting hot and they're kind of making a first they're, place. They're yeah, yeah, they're first place in the NL Central. Who else? Um uh, what the hell? Who did we talk? Shohei. Uh, like Angels yeah. may not be good, but Shohei, Shohei. So I think team success plays a part in that. And I feel like if if the White Sox were at the top of the AL Central and Roberts having his exact same year, I feel like his card prices would be higher. And I, I'm I'm curious to know what you think about that because, and I'm curious to know who from people who are listening to this podcast what you think about that because Robert is quote unquote flashy. He hits home runs. He's his stolen he's got bases. The power, the power is what people like yeah. to see. Bingo! And his his stolen bases are quote unquote down, but he's still like a great player, great defender, overall baseball player. He's he's gifted. And if the White Sox weren't going through their ridiculous struggles and on the verge of people like boycotting their games and demanding that the team be sold. Mm -hmm. I think his card price market would be higher. And it kind of, it kind of, it gets quote unquote countered by Bo because Bo Bichette and the, what, where where are the Blue Jays in their standings? I feel like. Mm, I think they're still above 500, but I mean, that whole division is just stacked from top to bottom. So there's dang exactly. So they're 46 and 40, but they're 10 games back from Tampa Bay. So that's another thing. If Toronto was put inside the AL Central, I can almost guarantee they they would be in first place for people who don't know. Mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee that Bo's card price market would be higher because people would be talking about like Bo's going to make the playoffs. You need to buy his cards now because once the playoffs come, those card prices might go even higher. And that's another thing that I was just I thought of when you when you mentioned the whole their the flashiness and the highlight reel level play influences their cards market. And I feel like that's another thing that should be mentioned when it comes to the sports cards hobby. But I I'm trying to who was I gonna talk about? Because I think it is Bo. Who else on here has the Oh, Wander. I wanted to yeah. talk about oh, Wander. So- so I, he was um, cuz um, he was another player that I wanted to talk about too because um, you just said well uh, you know you think a player's market is also driven by team success I was actually going to say well what's happening to Wander then <laughs> granted granted I, okay we're we're not talking about here we're not talking about autos autos are automatically always going to be <laughs> extremely high in prices however I wrote down an auto of his that is very shocking to me because pros- a prospect, again, Jackson Holiday, is selling more than him. But again, Wander, though, he's on, they're no longer the best team in baseball, though, in terms of record. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Braves have surpassed them in the most wins in the season now. Yes. Uh, they're, the Rays are just, they're kind of cooling off big time. <laughs> not ha- they're not having a good, good uh, series against Philly. They just lost again last night. Um, but again, Wander's a he's an all-star. He just made the all-star team. 
He has, I mean, 286 batting average, 345 on base, 469 slugging, 814 OPS. He's got 10 home runs, 43 RBIs, 21 doubles, 27 stolen bases. Yeah. You get this. And I know you're going to love this one. You all know how many times he struck out this season? Oh, boy. Only 47 times. <sighs> I and do he's love played, that. And he's played 81 games. Damn. I need wonder cards. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, go ahead and, uh, and uh, elaborate on Wander because uh, I have some of his card prices written down. But go ahead and elaborate on him just a little bit. The stolen, said, yeah. Yeah, the stolen bases that you talked about was what I was going to mention because he's got – his homers are quote unquote low. He's got ten homers, but he's got twenty seven stolen bases, mm-hmm. and I think that puts him probably top three, top five, top three. He's third. Holy crap! Estuary uh, Ruiz. Cu- yeah, I know him and Acuna are. Yep, forty one each. Yep. But okay, but the miniature John rant. I stolen bases are thrown out the window for me this year because of these stupid rule changes. Back to card prices. Wander Franco, like I told you before, his war is 4.2. He's got 27 stolen bases, which the 4.2 war wins above replacement puts him third overall, I think, in the MLB behind Acuna and Shohei. He's got 10 home runs, and he is an all-star. And an amazing freaking player. I don't know how many times we have to talk about it. He's young, only 22 years old, and he is a beast of an MLB baseball player. Already got an eight, what was it, an eight-year extension, or what was it? Yeah, looking eight like... Eight-year extension. When we first talked about it, we were like, oh, my God, Tampa Bay, you're you're dumb. Why would you put all this... I said that, not you, Jason, credit to you. I said Tampa Bay is kind of stupid because he only played, I don't remember, 40 games, 50 games the first time he got called up, and then immediately... Uh, it was like 70-something. Okay, immediately Tampa Bay locked him up for years, and I was like, eh, that's kind of risky, but in Wander's defense, he's done well. So, yeah, this episode might end up being super long because that's okay. I'm okay with it. Wander's market might be quote unquote um, hindered or quote unquote risky or quote unquote shaky because of his off-field issues. When it you, you remember that article that came out that he was benched for yeah, it was, yeah mm-hmm. unsportsmanship like behavior. So maybe that is influencing it. But again, I think that regardless, I would be investing my collector's money into players like Wander, into players like Acuna Jr., into players like Robert, obviously Shohei. We could talk about Mookie. We could talk about Juan Soto and Tatis Jr. if you want. But those players, in my opinion, are who I would prefer to invest in for my collecting. But from a business standpoint and in terms of kind of flipping your investment into future profit, it's unfair, but it's I think you would agree that prospecting for us is is good potential market versus buying into Acuna yeah. right now, buying into Wanda right now, buying into Robert right now. And then like a year later, like you said, those card prices for Lubob and Bo all just take a huge dip and yeah. you're sitting on this inventory and you don't know what to do. Well, and that's and that's why that's why we do it. That's why we do the prospecting because one, yes it's a, yes you might wait a little bit. You know, you might wait like yeah. 3 maybe 4 years for these <laughs> prospects to get up. But you know every year they get closer to the majors that market's going to probably keep rising. Especially mm-hmm. if they're like Jackson Holiday, Ellie, you know, Jason Dominguez. Bobby Witt, if they continue to rake in the minors, you know, once call up comes up, it's just going to be, you know, a profit, 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 profit for every listing that you got. However, if you're looking at MLB already established players, there is a lot more risk in it. And it's a longer wait period. You have to kind of sit on these cards. You're buying them at a low market. But in my opinion, it takes it a longer time to gain traction because now you only have the season to go off of. Mm -hmm. You only have current play. There's no hype around them anymore. The hype is gone once they get up to the majors. And that's why I talk about Bo Bichette, Luis Robert, Wanda Franco. These were three highly, highly anticipated prospects when they got called up. Wander was was the guy. 
before he got called up to the majors, everybody wanted Wander cards. They were almost they were almost not even in our in our budget. I mean, they could have been in our budget, but we have a set price that we look at, and he was just way past that. We're not going to mm-hmm. spend the money on him because we are always like he's at peak market. <laughs> and now and now you can buy his first Bowman Chrome in a PSA ten for like 50, 55 bucks. Exactly. They're selling for like fifty six dollars when they used to be two hundred. You know. Bingo. Uh, his 2019 first Bowman Chrome Auto in a PSA 10, one sold for $959. Jesus. But yet, Jackson Holiday, $1,275 for his. <laughs> Wander's an all-star. He's third. He's top five in, in uh, war in the MLB. But I need Jackson Holiday more than I need Wander. It doesn't. It just doesn't add up to me. It doesn't add up to me, especially because people. This is who you wanted. He's doing exactly what we, as collectors, wanted when we bought into his cards. Damn. But yet the market's gone. <laughs> yep. It's gone. So, like, riddle me that. You know what I mean? Like, we everybody who has bought into Wander cards before he got called up. What he's accomplishing now, what Bo Bichette's accomplishing now, what Luis Roberts accomplishing now is exactly why we are buying into the into the cards, right? Bingo. So so why is the market gone? Because <laughs> the hobby works in mysterious ways. Like it's baffling to me. Why is the market gone when they're doing exactly what we wanted? Because in my mind, apparently that's not why people are buying those cards. Right. Yeah. So are people are people buying into the cards because it's because of FOMO? <laughs> Maybe. It it can't be because you're you're hoping that he's gonna they're gonna end up being great players and all stars and and you know home run derby champs and whatever. Because if if that if that was the case, then the market should be surging. Yeah. So I, in my opinion, I think it's I think it's FOMO. I think it's the fear of missing out. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is capitalizing. So I have to too. And now everybody's just driving the market and they don't even realize it. They don't even realize that they're, that they're driving the market to a, to an unrealistic price Mm -hmm. to the point where when these players finally get into the majors and become all-stars, the market's gone because, well, Hey, they did what they did what they were supposed to do. So why am I going to buy them now? I already got rid of the card. Got to move on to the next one. Yeah. So, I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah. Did it, did it make sense? Absolutely. Remarkable point. Yeah. I, I think about FOMO all the time. We talked about it when we talked about the the social media influence in the hobby. When Don Diego Trading is buying a fireworks, as we call it, like reverse foil Charizard, immediately people see that and like, hey, what the heck? I want one too. And they go to eBay and they buy them. And it's kind of a quote unquote weird comparison but it is it's FOMO it's a it's a great point by you Jason and I agree with you and really quickly I could you could tie that into other sports you said on the previous episode that Patrick Mahomes PSA 10 rookie cards were selling for more when he was about to be in the Super Bowl and after the Super Bowl they were like ah, whatever he did it we we can move on we don't care and mm-hmm. You can tie that into Brock Purdy cards. You can tie it into Banchero, like the Banchero rookie for in the NBA, Blanchero. Those cards, a Brock Purdy rookie card selling for $24,000 makes absolutely zero sense to me when I could buy two Tom Brady Bowman Chrome PSA 10 rookies for the price of one Brock Purdy. Is Brock Purdy going to become Tom Brady? Is anybody ever going to become Tom Brady? Why would I buy a rookie NFL football card? Personally, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound mean. Why would I personally buy Brock Purdy's one of one Prism Auto for twenty four grand when I can build my collector's collection and buy two Tom Brady Bowman Chrome PSA ten rookies? It is, it is, it's influenced heavily by FOMO. It's influenced heavily by social media, sports media, whatever you want to call it. 
oh my God, the 49ers are going all the way to the championship game with a rookie quarterback. It's never been done. Yada, yada, yada. It's <laughs> good job, Jason. It's, it's definitely FOMO. It's always influenced by like what's hottest right now. I got to have it. Everyone else has it. I got to get one too. And in my personal John collecting sports cards and TCG cards forever opinion, it's, it's, it's unfair to the people like Luis Robert, like Bo Bichette, like Acuna Jr., like freaking Shohei Otani, that people would rather buy a $40,000 Ellie De La Cruz Red Auto than buy a $10,000 Shohei Bowman Auto in a PSA 10. Yeah. But it is what it is. I, good call on the FOMO. Definitely that influences the market for sure. It, it affects me too all the time i like would join 2023 bowman breaks and i see people paying all these crazy prices for drew jones and i'm like immediately thinking hey what the heck maybe they see something that i don't maybe yeah. these these people who are buying all these cards see things that i don't and it makes you it makes you want it more in my opinion i almost have fomo with luis robert because i've raved about Luis Roberts so many times and I feel as if we don't have enough Robert cards in hopes that his markets kind of kick off again you know what I mean like I have the I was on eBay instantly when I was writing my notes for this episode and going oh my like we should have way more Robert cards <laughs> for the amount of times that we have talked about him on the podcast or off the podcast in the group chats you know, we should have way more Robert cards. We should have way more Boba Shack cards because, in my opinion, that's where the market is going to um, start surging. You know, in hopes that people are going to start getting back on these players and go, oh, my, I've totally forgot about Boba Shack. I totally forgot about Robert. You know, we started doing that with Wander, you know, buying up Wander cards when the market's dropping because we want to be ready for when it starts surging again. Dude, but, absolutely. I yeah. mm -hmm. like shout out to you, Jason. I know he's a Ray and that automatically makes him one of your favorite players, but he's 22, 22 yeah. years old. He has a, an incredible MLB career ahead of him. Mm -hmm. Knock on wood. God forbid anything happens. And I'm in if you're I know you're in because you love Tampa Bay. But in my opinion, for people who are out there who are whoever listen to our podcast thinking about like, who the heck should I be investing in? I think Wander is a a hidden gem. I really, yeah. really do. He's his market it does not reflect the talent that you can see just as a baseball fan, you can tell that this guy's gonna be special. Yeah. And in my opinion, I'd be buying up Wander as much as I possibly can if I wasn't shifted to my I gotta get back into my vintage love. Cause I I I can see a current Acuna Jr. year. In Wander, I feel yeah, like Wander mm -hmm. could eventually get to this. In my, I opinion. think he could. I think he possesses the power. If you saw the guy's legs, they're, <laughs> they're like tree trunks, dude. Jason's out here looking at players' legs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real. Like if you see him bat, man, he's got tree trunks of legs. That's what you guys said about Jason Dominguez all the time. Exactly. That's why you guys Jason rave Dominguez about his built. You know, Wander has has the built too. I think it's a matter of time. Also. I think it's a matter of time before Wander starts putting up 200 plus hit seasons. Me too. I I'm in. Yeah, and you're right though. That, that's why, for people who don't know, Jason Dominguez's nickname is the Martian, because his build for a 17 to 18 year old kid is unearthly. He is jacked. He's got mm -hmm. so much strength, lower body and upper body, and speed. That it's freakish in nature. So, yeah, yeah get, you're you're right, Jason. I, I laughed, but it's true. He's Wander Franco, in my opinion, is uh, undervalued, unfairly overlooked cards market. I think he's a, he's an MVP waiting to happen. I know you guys rave about obviously Otani all the time, but I still think that Wander could Wander will eventually win an MVP in in his career, hands down. I agree. With, uh, I will go on record agreeing with you uh, only because of how young he is. Not only because, because of how young he is and how talented he is. Unfortunately, Shohei exists, so it might be really, really tough. 
but I think it could happen. It should happen sooner than people think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to end on this though. Um, I want to, so out of those three players, so out of Boba Shett, Luis Robert, Wander Franco, out of those three players, who do you think is going to have the best bounce back market? Like if you had a choice between all three of those players, who are you picking to invest in? Because you think that market will rise again. Honestly, Wander. And it's tying in everything that we've talked about on this episode. So that's a phenomenal question. I'm tying in stats. I'm tying in team success. I'm tying in flashiness in terms of highlight real capability. And Wander is my pick from the three. So, but what about you? Are you, uh, that's probably a stupid question, Mr. Ray fan over there. Honestly, it's, it might not be. Okay. Because I kind of right. lean a little bit more towards Luis Robert. I okay. only say that because of his home run power. Okay. Um, Robert, here's the thing. I feel so bad for the guy that he's on the White Sox right now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, like we said, he's got 25 home runs. He only has 49 RBIs. God, that's so sad. Yeah. Which means he's, he's, he's putting up numbers, but nobody's on base. The guy's <laughs> yeah. slugging, the guy's slugging what, what I say, 580 or something. And he's only got 49 RBIs. He's got over 20 plus doubles already this season, 25 home runs. And he's, he, he, he's not even over 50 RBIs yet. Like nobody's yeah. getting on base for him, you know? And that's what you want out of a player. That's like what you want out of your home run hitter is for people to be on base. Help yeah. this guy out or at least give him up. Let him go somewhere else. Because <laughs> yeah, if he can go somewhere else, take, bring him to the Cubs. We'll take <laughs> Could you imagine? Holy crap. Oh, my God. I would be uh, amazing. Our future outfield is PCA, Luis Robert, and I guess, I don't know, Alcantara. Say yeah, Saya. Damn. But yeah, actually, I mean, I would love to say Wander, but I actually probably would lean a little bit more towards Luis Robert just because of the the power. The power. That's a great and point. He, and he still has the ability to hit 300. So in 2021, he played <laughs> oof, 90-something games or 60-something. Okay. Maybe, maybe it was 60s. I think it might have been like high 60s or something. Look it up. How, uh, how many games? But he batted a 338. Damn. In 2021, he got was injured, but when he came back, he was like unbelievable. Uh, and I think his like his his numbers for I wish I would have wrote it down. If you could look up his I got you. stats, 68 so games, yeah. mm-hmm. 68 games, 13 home runs, 43 RBIs, 338 average, mm-hmm. the OBP of 378, slugged 567, WAR of 3.6, and uh, that was back in 2021. So in 68 games, he had a 3.6 war. This year in 84 games, he's already got a 4.1 war. Yep. So, yeah. I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm leaning more towards Luis Robert, but that's because I think he has the the slugging potential and the power potential to do it. But No. Phenomenal question uh, and a really good pick. I don't think there's a wrong answer in any of those. Mm -mm. But I I love that you picked Robert instead of instead of your boy Wander <laughs> instead of my personal bias and, and yeah the <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but uh, give us your final thoughts on this uh, episode and then we can go ahead and wrap it up okay so final thoughts um, we opened this podcast episode talking about card shop hopping and Jason and I finally being able to go to card shops and look at slabs and raw cards and buy them up and we. In my opinion, tied that in beautifully into the current MLB player market. And I'm proud of us for talking about that because Jelly Cards in general is a prospect-driven business. We always look at our hidden prospects that we can find at good value and eventually flip them. But we mentioned these MLB players because even though we use prospecting to kind of fund our business and build our quote-unquote empire, we personally feel or I do for sure that it's unfair to current MLB players who are making their case to be remembered forever in baseball history. They want to become MVPs. They want to become all-stars. They want to win home run derbies, gold gloves, all that stuff. 
so that they are, their team can have success and that they can become enshrined in Cooperstown. And we did our best to kind of reflect on that, tie in the thought of what drives players' cards markets and whether or not we agree with it or it's fair. So if you're listening to this part, uh, cards podcast, please reach out to us. Please reach out on Instagram and Twitter at JellyCards, J-E-L-I-C-A-R-D-S. On TikTok, we are Jelly underscore cards. And let us know what you think. What do you think is the most important contributing factor to a player's cards market? Like, what would do you heavily look at player success and do you think that should be the most important thing or do you think that it's influenced by potential it's influenced by highlight real level play it's influenced by fomo shout out to you jason that was a great point do you see other people buying up the cards and you want some too so let us know your thoughts i i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did thank you jason for deciding to talk about MLB players because they don't get the love they deserve. Mm-hmm. And as always, we don't have crystal balls. We don't know where players are going to go. But the sports cards hobby, in my personal opinion, is thriving. It's it's fun to be a part of, even if sometimes it doesn't make sense. So thank you all so much for listening. Reach out to us with any questions or concerns or thoughts you may have. And as always, keep spreading the love of this hobby from your friends at Jelly Cards.